is is the rose of Sharon. Is the I am that I am. He is the unchangeable changer. He is the unstoppable stopper. He is the restorer of our hope, of our purpose, of our health, of our life. Why don't you just wash me? Thank you. 
Your right hands are pleasures forever. Father, in this assembly this morning, we bring before us the Lord. Let your word profit us. Let your word be a fruit in our lives. Let your word be a fruit in our lives. Those who are visiting for uh, with us for the very first time, we appreciate you. Those who have been here before, but you are visiting again today, you are very much welcome. And those who have been here, what's one thing or the other kind of take you a little bit away, we declare. The restoration of the Lord upon you this day in the mighty name of Jesus. Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42, we read it. It's a long verse, uh, 16 verses. We'll rush through it and then we'll go into what the Lord has for us very briefly this morning. The Bible says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. Now, before this time, you know the affliction of Job, right? I just want to quickly give us a little background of it. Now, in the book of Job, Job chapter 1, chapter 2, uh, the children of God presented themselves before God, and Satan was in their midst, and God was able to spoil Satan in the midst of his children, and they had to brag about his own son, his own servant, Job, in the presence of Satan. And he said, Have you considered my servant Job? He is blameless. He is spotless. He is an upright man. He shows evil. He fears God. And there was an interaction between God and Satan. And you know what happened? God released Job's heavens, possessions, and everything unto Satan. And so Satan afflicted the lives of Job. And the very first person that actually counseled Job was his wife. So why don't you just cause a, a God and die? Just cause God and die. You don't have to go through all of this. Just make the, easy, the job easy. Cause God and die. And he said to her, he said, you speak like the, one of those foolish women. And after that, his friends came, three of his friends. Bilhad, 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 what's his name? Sofra, and the other guy, three of them. Sofra and the three friends of Job came and began to, you know, mourn with him, comfort him, and start telling him, maybe you have done this, maybe it's because of this, and all of that. And Job continually proves righteousness. You know, sometimes our own self-righteousness can even get, get us into trouble. So God was listening. God was listening to all the conversations all through. 
And then they lay hold as well came and begin to talk about the omnipotence and omnipresence of God, what God can do. And Job stood his ground, never crossed God. Instead of crossing God, guess what? He even crossed the day he was born. Oh. And in chapter 38 and 39, uh, from chapter 38, 39, and 40, or there about 39, 40, and 41, God now began to respond to even the complaints and all the whining of Job himself. So can you do anything? You begin to narrate what you can do. And he said to him, he said, your friends, they have done wrong. They have said things they're not supposed to say concerning you. But you need to pray for them. And so Job now begins to answer, respond to God's word. Uh, God answered before he received his miracle. That's where we are now in chapter 42. Chapter 42, let's take it again. So then Job answered the Lord and said, after God has rebuked him and telling all that he's capable of doing, I know that you can do everything. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. This is Job's confession. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you. That's what God said to him. I will question you, and you shall answer me. And this is his answer. Verse 5. Verse 5. Job now said, Lord, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now, my eyes have seen. My eyes sees you. And verse 6. Therefore, I have all myself. I repent in dust and ashes. And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Tamanites, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends. For you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Now therefore, take for yourself seven bulls and seven rams. Go to my servant Job and offer up for yourself a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. For I will accept him. The Lord will accept somebody here. It doesn't matter the situation you will be going through or the enemy that they are fleeting you of, the Lord will accept you. Lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Verse 9 says, So Eliphaz the Tamanites. And builders, they should hide. And so far, the never times went and did as the Lord commanded them, for the Lord accepted Job. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he did what? When he prayed for his friend, the Lord restored the losses of Job. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances his, uh, before came to him and ate food with him in his house. 
and they console him and comforted him for all the adversities that the Lord has brought upon him. Mm. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Did you see that? Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 cows, 1,000 yokes of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. Verse 13. He also had seven sons and three daughters. Those of you who are, who are, who are here on Friday, you were able to calculate that, right? You see, God multiplying his assets while he made his liability to remain constant. Initially, he had seven sons, three daughters. God still gave him the same seven sons and three daughters that he needed money and assets to be able to raise and spend on. While he now doubled every of his assets, his riches. And the Bible says in verse 14, he said, and he called the name of the first Jemima, that's the first daughter, the name of the second, Keziah, and the name of the third, Karen Habuk. In all the land, this is where we were actually trailed. In all the land, we have found no woman, woman so beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them inheritance among their brothers. And verse 16 says, after this, Job lived, let me, let me say, he lived how many years? That is after the Lord restored him. So when the Lord restored him, now give him many, many more years again to be able to enjoy life. You will enjoy life. Amen. When the Lord restore to you all the losses of your life, He will give you more time on earth to enjoy it. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says, after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for how many generations? Four generations. Meaning that. He saw his grandchildren, great grandchildren, great great grandchildren, and great great grandchildren. So shall be your portion. As a soul shall be your portion in this assembly. In the mighty name of Jesus. This God is the eternal prophet. He's the restorer of destiny. And to be restored is to be brought back. Is to be brought back and brought back into your original state of mind. To be restored is to be brought back and be brought back into your original position in life with God. It is to be renewed and be reestablished in Him. That's why there's no restoration without. A wreck. Whenever you see it, read. Either redirection, redistribution, something has happened before the re. The re means that we are doing it over again. We are bringing it back to where it used to be. 
So there's no restoration without a wreck in health. Without the demolition of the system, there's no restoration. Without the abolition of overthrow, there is no restoration. Without abscondment, there is no restoration. It is where something has gone out. You have lost something that you now can restore that which was destroyed. When somebody's name is destroyed, what does it need to be able to present without shame again? It needed restoration. The Lord will restore somebody back to his promise in the mighty name of Jesus. And we know that there's someone, there's one who has the restorative power. And the name of that person is called the restorer. Amen. And that's the God we're celebrating today. Amen. The God of restoration. Let me tell somebody close to you and say the God of restoration has accepted you. And he will accept you to the end. The, this God of restoration, who is called the restorer, he specializes in restoring the purpose of man for living. Many without Christ have no purpose for living. They live life just as normal. But man is essentially spirit to be connected with the spirit of God who leads, who guides, and who blesses and gives peace. You are in Christ because the Lord brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light and restored you to your normal self. Every man in our original state are supposed to be in the Garden of Eden where there's no blood, where there's no sickness, where there's no need. Everything is provided. Every man is essentially supposed to be like God, lacking nothing, missing nothing, having all the power to live the supernatural life. But when the relationship with God in the garden was destroyed, there has to be a restoration. And there's only one that is able to do that restoration. That is God himself. That's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he now gave so only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him may have that abundant life. Amen. That's your portion this month. Amen. I said, that's my Lord this month. In the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, is, uh, in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 7, we, we, we learned that already this morning, Lord, I don't know who took our, 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 our workers meeting this morning. She, 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 she showed us there. He said, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. That is restoration. When shame is knocking at your door, when shame is knocking at your career, when shame is knocking over your children or over your life or over your health or over your relationship, the Lord is saying that, I am, if you can just hold on to me, I am on your side. To bring about a replacement. Yes, and that replacement 
is what he specializes in doing to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He said, instead of saying, you shall have double honor. Amen. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. You shall rejoice in your portion. What's your portion in the Lord? What's your portion in it? Is his peace? Is his love? Is his provision? Is his abundant life? He wants us to remain with him so you can enjoy the fountain of life that he has given. But many times what the devil does is to make sure that he destroys our relationship with God. To place a barrier between us and the honor of God upon our lives. This is a, therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. In your land, you shall possess double. In this land, you shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be yours. Personalize it, it shall be mine. Everlasting joy shall be mine. It shall be that of my household. It shall be that of my children. In the name of Jesus. Now, sister, just let us as well on Psalm 23, verse 3. Let us fire my notes this morning. Put your hands together for them. As they're walking by the Spirit. When the Lord said, I will restore. Uh, David said to God, uh, he said, he restored my soul. Do you know what happened to David before he was able to say this? His soul was stolen away from connection with God. And because he was able to come before the Lord with all humility, I said, Lord, I blew it. I know your judgment, but instead of judgment, look on me with your mercy. And the Lord restored it. How can God, who is a faithful God, a righteous God, a just God, restore the soul of a murderer and an adulterer? So he's he's not looking at what you did. He's looking at what we do after you have done what you did. What you do after you did what you did is what matters more to God. That's the reason why the same event with two different approaches or attitudes will bring about two different attitudes. Or or, or results are good. Did somebody understand that? The same event with two different attitudes will produce two different outcomes. That's why it gives us the, the, the mind, the will, the emotion to be able to choose. Either choose the lost side or stay on your side and allow the enemy to take over. The enemy just don't want to come and take over. He loves to take over. If you allow him, he will easily take over. But the Lord has given you the power and the strength, the ability to make sure that you remain constant on the side if you will. That's why in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, he said, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. God wants to restore us to the position of eating the good of the land. But it all depends on individual of us to be able to stay on his side. David realizes 
And because he realized it, he was able to say boldly and say, in Psalm 23, verse 3, he said, He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. Who led him in the path of righteousness? God. God exchanged his own righteousness for the unrighteousness of David, as he's doing for us all and willing to do for us all. But are we willing? He said, for his name's sake, for the sake of the name of the Lord God, our restorer, the God of restoration, because of his name, he doesn't want his name in our lives to be despised. He wants to restore. He will restore you. He's already restoring you. And so shall it be. In the name of Jesus. This God of restoration is the omnipotent God. It's the omnipotent God. And Job realized this. Pay attention here and don't worry about it. Job realizes. He said, can do everything. I will answer you in verse one of that Job. God, Job decided to answer God. He said, I know you, God, you can do everything. There's only one that is able to do everything that nothing is impossible for him. When Jesus was here on earth, as you are here, we will say that he can do all things. But guess what? Jesus cannot do everything when he was here on earth. He was not able to do everything after he had been lifted up and now he sent the power of the Holy Ghost here. We're looking at me. Pastor, Jesus can do everything. I say he cannot do everything. If he was able to do everything when he was here or not, he was in Bethany. His very close friend, Lazarus, was there. He would have become omnipresent and just show up immediately. But he was in the body. He was limited while he was here or not. Even among his own people, his own family, he still was unable to heal them because of their unbelief. And there was people going on about every other place doing good. Yeah. Until he was glorified. Yeah. And then he now sent the power of the Holy Ghost. He now said, wherever the Holy Spirit is, the Father is, and I am there. So he is here with you now. Yeah. I said, Jesus is here with you right now. He's sitting beside you. He's whispering these words. You're hearing into your ears. So these words can do that which Jesus is able to do in your life. And he will do the work of restoration in you. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said he will restore you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Job, God having listened to the, to, 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 to the friends of Job. He opened Job's eyes and understanding. And Job now realized eventually in verse 5 of Job that we just read. Job now realized that, oh, like me, like you, like many believers today, 
we hear in our hearing, but many of you are yet to see the raw power of God in your life. Until you see, you will not be able to testify of his power. And as many as are able to see it, they can testify that this God is the power of God. Amen. And it's the God that can do all things. Yeah. reason I say many of not many only hear but they don't see is that he told he told he told souls, he shows every day in your attitude to him, in your ways with him, in your dealing with him, in your service to him. Does it not? How many will confess that I put God first in everything that I do? I go my way and God understand. Why? Because you only hearing about yet to see. And this season of your restoration. Amen. Make your eyes to be open and you begin to see the raw power of God. Upon your Egyptians, upon your adversaries, upon those who said you will not apply to nothing, upon those who are tempted to afflict you, or they are bent on those afflicting your family. So shall it be. Amen. I said, So shall it be. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, the, the Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from what? Why can't we just be righteous? Why can't all the, why can't we always make sure that we are in the right standing with God? So that afflictions cannot arise upon us second time. Many are afflicted today, the Lord delivered them. Tomorrow they are back to their vomit. They are afflicted again. God delivers them. Tomorrow, next tomorrow, they are back to their vomit. God delivers them. By the time God says, you are a stiff necked child. <laughs> Enjoy your affliction. That will not be your portion. Financial affliction is bad. Spiritual affliction is worse. None of it shall you experience in the mighty name of Jesus. I say, none of it shall you experience in the name of Jesus. So many remain demolished. Broken and wrecked because they only remain in the state of hearing. Then you have to see. You begin to see. Amen. And we begin to see Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus had called talk to the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus chapter 19, he told them the same thing. From verse 3. He said, and Moses went up to God, and God called him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagle's wing, and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my words and keep my covenant, then 
you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine. And in verse 6 he said, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. The Lord said to Moses, I'm saying the same to the children as Christ peace heritage ministries today. Amen. That you shall be kingdom of priests. Amen. Unto the Lord your God. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. In John chapter 5, verse uh, in John chapter 5, from verse 5, the Bible talks about the restoration of this man. You're not everyone. This man for 38 years. For 38 years, every day they have to carry him. Sitting by the pool of Bethesda, was looking for his restoration to wholeness for this many years. And many times he sees others receiving their restoration. When the angel comes to trouble the waters, one who first step in, the first that step into the water is made whole. He's restored. But he has no man to carry him. And this man was there 38 years. So I don't know how many years you've been suffering whatever you are suffering, whatever loss that you have lost. I don't know how many, how long your situation may be, our situation may be in this assembly. But Jesus is saying to us today that it doesn't matter how long he's here to put an end to it. I said he's here to put an end to it. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. He said to the man, he said, even though it's servant, do you want to be made up? He said, I have no man. I have no helper. He said, okay, rise, take up your bed and begin to walk. Mm. And what happened? He rose up. He began to walk immediately. He began to walk. And the Pharisees, they saw him. And as they saw him, they went, Who made you to carry your bed on this Sabbath day? Why should you carry your bed on the Sabbath? He said, A man saw me. And he said, I should take up my bed and walk. Who is that man? I, I don't know. Oh, so it doesn't matter. All you needed today, going forward this month and the rest of this year, the rest of your life, is that this man, the restorer of hope, the restorer of destiny, the restorer of your career, the restorer of your relationship, the restorer of your spiritual life, the restorer of your profession, the restorer of your child, is here to tell you, take up your bed and walk. And all that he did was to take his bed and begin to walk. So shall it be for you in the mighty name of Jesus. There's the story of the other guy, and that's where we close with in Acts chapter 3. 
It's just in the beautiful case. Now, his own case was kind of a little different. Though. They didn't tell us about that guy. Maybe he was actually having that infirmity since birth. But this one, the Bible says, from birth, it's been lame. And it was by the beautiful kids begging for him. You see, a certain man left from his mother's home, was carried to the beautiful gate, just where he has where the beautiful temple. This man will always sit outside there. And as you are all coming in, starts asking for him. And this day, he met with Peter. And John, as they are going in, into the place of power, into the place of restoration. And they said to him, you'll be here for long. Your time to begin to praise God. Right. Your time to begin to appreciate this good, the goodness of God. Your time to begin to enjoy the beauty of the temple with us is now. So he said to them, he said, he said to them, look at us. And he gave them his attention. And as soon as he gave them his attention, he said, neither silver nor gold we do not have. But what we have, we give to you. Silver or gold, as the oracle of God, as the mouthpiece of God, I have none this morning to give you. But what I have, I'm giving unto you this morning in your situation. The power of the Holy Ghost, the working signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit that energized the ministry of the disciples in the Acts of Apostles. It's what I have this morning. And exactly what happened to this man who was led, seated by the beautiful gate every single time, and he was commanded, and they lifted him up. You have been lifted today. I said you have been lifted up today. I said you have been lifted up today. And as you are lifted, you will begin to live, you begin to walk, and you begin to praise God. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said, neither silver nor gold, we do not have, but what we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Arise and walk. And they took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, did you observe immediately the, with, the, with the man with the infirmity? Yeah. Immediately. Did you observe the immediately? Right here again. He said, immediately, his feet, ankle bones reserved. Let your ankle bones begin to receive strength in the name of Jesus. I declare strength to your feet in the mighty name of Jesus. It is your feet that gives you balance in the presence of God. Receive that strength today. As I receive the strength today, immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. That strength comes to your spiritual life today in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 8 says, ah, don't sit down, don't sit down. If you all can stand up with me and let us demonstrate what they did. That's how much in this assembly for moving forward. So healing, if you are, if you are healed, where, 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 where are the musicians? If you are healed, you'll be ready. 